Empowerment, a production of the California Society of CPAs and CalCPA Institute. I'm Bill Spaniel. College expenses, like everything else, continue to rise. A 2018 survey by the College Board found that the average cost of tuition, fees, room, and board for a year at a public university is about $21,370, while it's $48,510 at a private nonprofit school. Students also incur additional costs, such as transportation, clothing, and books. Yet students and parents can find ways to either reduce costs or acquire more funds to cover expenditures, as CPA and personal financial specialist Larry Pond advises. Hello, Larry. Welcome to Financial Empowerment. Hello, Bill. Larry, college can be very expensive nowadays, what with tuition, books, food, and housing arrangements. So parents and students want to know what they can do to minimize expenses. I believe you have a daughter in college and a son who will be going to college in a year or two. What advice regarding reducing college costs do you have to parents like yourself? That's right, Bill. So for many young people, going to college is the first time they're being independent. They're on their own. Instead of parents giving them money to buy things, they, they have to figure that on their own. So I think the most important thing every student needs to do when they go to college is to figure out what their budget is. By doing a budget, or I call it a spending plan, is to write everything down. So you write down what your daily needs are going to be. For some people, it's taking the bus. Uh, for some people, it's parking. For some people, it's paying for a meal, lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever. Or, or you got your... Your big expenses up front, which are getting the books, uh, those are the big expenses you need to budget for. And then throughout the rest of the year, maybe you belong to a club where you have a, a special project or a special event, then you need to budget for that. So let's say you have to take a trip somewhere. You, you'll need money for airfare or bus fare or whatever. So it's important to be aware of what your expenses are and have that written down. So that's the most important thing any student needs to do. For many students, college is the first time they'll be using their own credit card. Do you have any tips on the responsible use of credit cards? Yeah, so in the first few weeks of school, all the credit card companies are going to be there handing out all kinds of goodies. You get a free T-shirt, you get a backpack, you get a teddy bear, whatever, if you sign up with a credit card for them. So everyone's interested in that. Most kids are adults. They're 18 years old or older, so they can get their own credit card. And a lot of these um, credit card companies are willing to give students credit cards. They need to get some education about what a credit card means and one thing they have to remember is that whatever you charge in your card, you need to keep track of what you're charging, and you got to pay it off. Mm-hmm. And also, look at your statement when you get it, just to make sure all the charges on the card uh, are correct and there aren't any fraudulent charges. What free things can college students get that ultimately will help them save money? Oh, there's a lot of free things uh, college students can get. And I, and I, I remember taking advantage of those when I was a student for recruiting events. A lot of companies come on campus to recruit students. They'll have pizza events. There are clubs or groups or what there's actually or talks. And so they'll have uh, cheese and crackers and fruit. And so (laughs) from a food standpoint, I took advantage of that. Sometimes you, uh, especially during the first few weeks of school, it's when the clubs are trying to recruit you and they're giving out T-shirts. They're giving out free samples. So there's a lot of free things because... Students are a nice captive market a lot of these companies like to take advantage of. But you have to make sure that it's really free because a lot of these places will ask you to give them your name, phone number, email address, or more personal information because they're collecting data from you. So mm-hmm. you've got to be careful to make sure it's really free. College isn't all about education. 
students go on dates. They go to parties. How can students save on the social aspects of college life? But those can be actually quite inexpensive because you're a college student. Why should you have expensive dates? The kind of person who wants you to go on an expensive date, maybe that's not the right person for you. There's a lot of free things to do. There's always free screens of movies, so you don't have to pay for that. A lot of clubs have film showings. It might not be the latest movie. Uh, get-togethers, church events. They always have uh, mixers. There's a lot of inexpensive social events. Also, uh, you can go hiking around the campus. Some of them are next to nice parks or hills or whatever. So there's a lot of free things to do. I, I, I walked around a, a, a local uh, college campus recently, and I, I think I've bumped into like half a dozen dance groups. And that looks mm-hmm. like a lot of fun. There, there are different styles of dance. And if you like hip-hop or you like ballroom dancing or whatever, that, there's a lot of fun, free social events you can participate in without spending a lot of money. A big expense is tuition. How can students save on that? What about scholarships, for example? Then there's two kinds of scholarships. There's what's called need-based scholarships, and those tend to be based upon your family income, your family resources, and we encourage all students to sign up for the FAFSA form, the free financial aid form, to qualify for those need-based uh, scholarships. If your income's family income is higher and you don't qualify for need-based scholarships, there are a lot of non-need-based scholarships that you can apply for. There are merit scholarships. There are scholarships that have nothing to do with need. Sometimes you just write an essay or submit an application and go through an interview. You can go to the financial aid website of your local campus, and there's a lot of resources there for scholarships, inside scholarships to the school. For example, if you're in a department, like if you're in a department of accounting, there are some accounting scholarships, or you're in chemistry, so there's your departmental scholarships. There's outside scholarships, and on every school financial aid website, there are links to the financial aid or scholarship search engine. So there's a lot of opportunities there. I hear from the scholarship providers, and their biggest complaint to me is that there are not enough students applying for scholarships. So they would love to see a little more competition for scholarships. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of opportunity out there. College techs can be expensive. How can students reduce that cost? Well, one of your largest expenses goes buying books. And the, the trend today is a lot of people are renting books. You have to be careful about that because there's some books that are important textbooks that you keep for the rest of your life. Like, for example, I, I still have my accounting textbook because it's a very important text. And so there's some books that you hold for the rest of your life. Those I'm not going to rent. Now, there are some books where they don't update a lot, so there's some older editions. Buying a used book would save you a lot of money instead of buying a brand new book. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the professor will probably force you to buy the latest book. So, but, mm-hmm. but today, there's so many options of getting books. Yeah, when you and I went to college, we went to the college bookstore to get books. Well, nowadays, we can order them online from various booksellers, and, and they come pretty quick. There's many ways of getting books at a very low cost nowadays, so that could save you a lot of money. Well, what about essentials, regardless of whether you're a student? Housing, clothing, food. How can students save on those items? When it comes to clothing, I think a lot of times there's, um, uh, you have limited space of where you're staying in college, in your dorm or your apartment, so you probably want, don't want to get carried away of too many clothes. Or Some students gain weight when they're in their first year of school because they're eating dorm food, so maybe they do need new clothes to, to fit into. But around college campuses, the restaurants are aimed at college students, so they tend to be better-priced or lower-priced restaurants. Same thing with clothing stores. Their target are college students. So most of those stores are going to be very reasonably priced. 
Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this question you ask about um, social life, one thing I forgot to mention is that when you're a student, you can have free access to a lot of museums and a lot of theaters. If you're located in a big metropolitan city like San Francisco or Los Angeles, a lot of those uh, museums, concert halls, they have excellent student prices. As a student, there's a lot of services you get at a much lower price. So, for example, uh, magazine subscriptions, subscriptions to the Wall Street Journal, the student price is really good. Uh, if you like uh, online music like Spotify, there's a student price if you're a college student. Buying computers. Uh, one example is uh, either Apple or Microsoft Store. You tell them you're student, there's a, there's a substantial discount. Mm-hmm. So being a student has its advantages because there are a lot of student discounts. What's important is you take advantage of it. Uh, also, transportation. If you need to take the bus, some schools, you get a free bus pass with your registration. So you can take advantage mm-hmm. of that. Either that or you have very discounted a bus fare, train fare. What about housing, whether on or off campus? Can you provide tips on how to reduce that cost? That's going to vary from campus to campus. In some campuses, mm-hmm. housing is not a problem. In some campuses, it's an extreme problem. And I think it's important to figure out how many people do you want to live with when you're doing uh, off-campus housing. On-campus housing, the dorms and university-owned apartments, they have limits and you have to follow their rules. They're not necessarily the least expensive either. But an apartment may be less expensive or it could be more depending on the style of apartments. There's some luxury apartments out there which are quite pricey, but there are some apartments where you might be frightened to walk into. So you need to do your research about the apartment. And the question is, how many roommates do you want to have? Obviously, the more roommates, the more people to spread the cost with. But if you only have one bathroom, that could be a challenge. So (laughs) one of the most cost-efficient ways of housing, but it doesn't work for everybody, is to become an RA, a um, what's RA, a resident Res- assistant, assistant yes. right, at, at a dorm. Because to be an RA, you get free housing and a meal card. So that's about $15,000 a semester. That's like $30,000 a year mm-hmm. tax-free. So mm-hmm. to get that 30000 from a job, you have to make at least, what, $50,000 or more to net that amount. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's not for everybody. Not everyone wants that lifestyle. But I've talked to students who've done RAs their whole career, and they've really enjoyed it. They don't have to worry about housing in their because they're busy doing other things. And they tell me, well, they're really busy at the beginning of the school year because the students need to get oriented, figure things out. So they said a lot of hours, but if you have a good floor or a good building, good students, you have to do your required office hours. But other than that, it might not be as difficult of a job. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, from a financial standpoint, I think it's one of the best deals there is uh-huh. to be an RA. But it's mm-hmm. very competitive. Uh, from one of the colleges, I asked the students, like, what's that like? He said, it's about two to one. Twice as many people apply for the open positions. But from a resume standpoint, you're going to learn conflict resolution, uh, sexual harassment, people skills, leadership skills. I think it's a great personal development. But, of course, that's why the selection process is so difficult because – they want the right person to be in that job. What about other part-time job opportunities? So in terms of um, employment income, there are some jobs that actually pay above average. Example would be teacher's assistant for a professor or a reader. I was a reader for an auditing professor in college. What a reader's job was to grade homework, so that's what I did. And it paid relatively well considering how many hours it took to do. I went to the University of California. So if you're an employee of the University of California, they don't withhold um, Social Security tax, no FICA tax. 
Mm. So it was like an extra 6.2% boost in your paycheck, you know, versus a friend who made the same amount, but they had FICA withholding. So mm. if that mattered to you. So some of the on-campus jobs working for a specific department, another benefit of an on-campus job is you learn a lot more stuff about the uh, inside of a campus. So, for example, there was a daughter of a – she worked in an office at San Diego State. And at that time, the university built a brand-new high-rise dorm where he had beautiful views of San Diego, and it was only open to upperclassmen. Well, she was mm-hmm. a freshman working in this office. Because she worked in the office, they knew who she was, and they liked her, and they said, would you like to get a dorm room in the top floor with the view of the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and she says, okay. So, so there are some ancillary benefits to getting an on-campus job, especially if you're working for a professor. That's a great way of getting a letter of reference. And I know some students have done that where it helped them get into med school or graduate school or, or for a job or something. It's not just a paycheck, but they think it would be the connections you make and also learning about more of your campus. It could lead to other jobs and other possibilities. Thank you, Larry, for the tips you've given us. Is there anything else you care to add? In an earlier podcast we did, we talked about the side hustle. So with college students, it's like a natural fit. So I encourage people to listen to the September podcast we did on the side hustle because there's some considerations that they could buy. It could be very profitable because you can squeeze in these jobs, gigs, in between your classes, in between your engagements. And if you plan it well enough, you can make quite a bit of money. Yes, college is expensive. But as Larry Pond has shown us, there are numerous ways that parents and students can control some costs or at least earn additional income to cover expenses. We appreciate your listening to CalCPA's Financial Empowerment Program, which was produced in November 2018. If you would like to comment about our show, have a question for a CPA, or would like to suggest topics for future programs, write us at financialempowerment at calcpa.org, or simply visit www.calcpa.org. You can search there for a California CPA who can help you save on taxes, better manage your investments, or budget for those rainy days even sunny California sometimes has. Just click on the Find a CPA link. This is Bill Spaniel, and you've been listening to edition 214 of Financial Empowerment, a production of the California Society of CPAs and CalCPA Institute. <music>